Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jane. Today, I have Dr. Nicole Rothman with me. Um, Nicole, why don't you introduce yourself and just tell everybody who you are? Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to just to see your beautiful face and to share with you know your tribe a little bit about what we're doing and help them awaken wellness. I mean, that's my job. So um, just so much, so much going on, so much going on, right? And yeah. all I I mean, we've met in a mastermind and taken away because you've you've been like now you're focusing a little bit more on menopause. Um, but you have a lot of experience with hormones, with healing, with just awakening wellness. Yes. Tell me a little bit about some of the work that you've done. Yes. Well, I'm kind of coming to be the known as the menopause maven, but yes, I work with, I work with women of all ages. I work with men, uh, but most of the people that I work with are going through menopause. And maybe that's because that's me also, right? I'm 51. Mm -hmm. I'm not fully there yet, but I, I get it. Like I know what they're dealing with and I'm not dealing with nearly anything like what most women are dealing with because I've been ahead of it for so many years without even realizing it. Right. Just not even thinking this way, but as I'm getting into this stage myself and I have friends and I have people that I know that are asking me, it's really turned into, um, where that's what people are seeking me out for. But, um, I really come to learn, um, well, first of all, you know, in, in my practice, as you were asking, you know, I, I originally was a chiropractor and my practice was, and I am still a chiropractor. I just don't practice that way yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but I always worked with pregnant women and lots of kids. That was really my focus. And after, I don't know, like 15 or 16 years, I got certified in pediatrics through one of the chiropractic organizations. And the parts of the certification that I loved the most were the functional medicine pieces, learning about the labs, learning about the immune system. And like when they were showing us how to adjust babies and I kind of knew already anyway, right? But I was like, I didn't really want to learn more of that. I just truly realized my true passion and what I needed to, what I needed to be doing. And through lots of visualizing and then uh, an accident that made me sit down and rethink my whole entire practice, um, we really developed a, a lifestyle program that anybody with any health condition really can get better from. But um, I just got so passionate about working with hormones and it started off where maybe it's thyroid I want to work with. Maybe it's diabetes, yes. right? And I was just like anyone and everyone with any relation to any hormone, cortisol, testosterone, whatever it is, come on. Yep. And, and like I said, I just found this passion that really stemmed from wanting to empower women. See, I was once a disempowered woman and I was it's funny because many people think we were always in good health, right? But behind yeah. like the work and you, you know, you look, you don't look a day over 35. <laughs> like, I love going to conferences and meeting with my colleagues because I'm like, everybody looks so young and vibrant, you know, cause we feed off each other, but everybody assumes that we were just like that all the time. And it's like, no, 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 no. It took a lot of work. Continue your story though. Cause I know yeah. it was, there was know, a lot some of work of, involved. Some of the work was the emotional parts of me that didn't know I was disempowered. And I was always had some level of confidence that I knew where I was going, but apparently my self-esteem and my confidence weren't really lined up. And I found myself in an abusive marriage um, Mm -hmm. where I, I literally thought the only way I was going to get out was suicide. And um, obviously I didn't go that path. Thankfully, um, my kids were the reason why I couldn't even consider, and I wasn't even really suicidal. I just didn't know how to free myself from that situation. And it was really, really hard, but through going through that and recognizing, I really needed to work on Nicole. It's not just the health only. I already had that piece in place. It was the other parts of me that allowed for me to choose that situation for myself and overcome that situation um, took a a different side of me and to heal from that situation and not leave as, oh, poor me, I was abused. I'm a victim, which is, I understand it's hard to get out of that. 
Yep. Like I get it. But ultimately when we learn to take responsibility for everything in our lives, it's how we're going to heal from those things. And it's really driven me because working with so many women and hearing what they go through in childhood as teenagers, how much assault is out there and abuse. It just makes me more passionate to get women healthier on every level, not just their health, but their emotions, spiritually, mentally, intellectually stronger and support each other because we need each other. Ladies, we need each other. If you're winning doesn't mean that I can't win, right? (laughs) There's no pie, Yeah. right? If I get a piece, it doesn't mean you don't get that piece. Yeah. There's no pie. Like we all can have everything in abundance in our lives and the competitiveness that is between women is, I believe it's put there on purpose to keep us from really getting into who we really are. And I've just learned that's my ultimate goal. Why I want to awaken wellness is because I want to empower women all over the world to live their very best selves and lives and be true to who they're really supposed to be. And I know it's not an easy path to get there and I'm still work on myself, but the journey never ends. Every day. No, Jane, you know, it's like, Dr. Jane, it's like, no, I'm sorry. There's no finish line guys. I wish there was, but this is a lifelong journey of putting yourself first. Yep. And lots of ways that are hard. Yep. Right. Like you're, you're talked about your teething child. How do you put yourself first in those situations? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'd say it's like working out because coming from a gym background, I know you did too. It's if once you achieve the goal, if you will, you don't just stop working out, yeah. you know, it's like the prize is that you get now it's easier to do it, but you don't yes. stop doing it. And that's the same with health. I think I see a lot of even practitioners make this mistake where you're like, okay, we balanced your gut. You're good. You're done. Yeah, you're done. Okay. But how do you keep the gut balanced? Right. It's not that, okay, this six week protocol, you healed the gut and now it's good and you don't have to do anything. So switching that mentality of like, no, this is a lifelong process. Um, I love the mental emotional piece because I like, I talk about it all the time. And I wonder if you experience this where the physical body actually won't heal if you have this mental, some sort of mental emotional trauma burden that you're carrying. I find that with my patients, especially in the fertility world, it's like we're holding this trauma. Oh, yeah. And if I've given you all the supplements, you followed all the protocols, you've done all the stuff, and it's not budging, it's I'm emotional. almost just like, yeah. you need to go here. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. You know, therapy, essentially, some sort of therapy. Yeah. Something like we use emotion code. So that's really helpful. Those types of things, DNRS, all of that. Yep. Um, I love the self-guided stuff because it really puts us in the driver's seat. So the things that we can learn, even if it's, um, you know, tapping or there's lots of ways, but then they don't have to cost money. Like you don't have to pay a practitioner for those pieces, but um, usually there's an emotional component. I will say that. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll use that word. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we all could just come to peace with that. I mean, it's part yeah. of it. It's not all of it usually, but it's part of it usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I sure. agree. No, you're, you're speaking my language question about some of some things that popped up when you were talking about menopause. Um, you're not experiencing as bad as symptoms as some of your patients for obvious reasons on my side, but tell me, what can women, is there a way to tell basically what your menopause is going to look like based on what's happening for you now? And like, what are those signs and symptoms? Oh yeah. I mean, working with thousands of women, I can see lots of patterns, right? People are giving me a lot of information when they first join my practice. And Uh, the ones with the worst issues had the issues in their twenties and their teens and never were resolved or had problems with fertilities and it was never resolved properly and just band-aided with birth control pills, band-aided with an IUD. Um, You know, it's just not the answer. I just talked to one of my friends yesterday, her daughter, she said, maybe you can help. She has PCOS. I said, what are you doing? she was just put on the birth control pill. I said, that's the worst thing 
you could do. do for her because it's it's that's not the problem. The problem with that is it's usually insulin, right? It's disrupting the other hormones. And so they're not, they're just piling on another hormone. And then the body disconnects from itself. It doesn't know how to have a period. It doesn't know what's natural. So you can't even find a normal balance because you're living off of a pill creating your cycle instead of mother nature and your innate wisdom. So it's actually, and I believe the birth control pill, you know, it's been framed and I do understand women deserve to have sex too. And we don't all want to get pregnant. Right. So it's been given to us, like it's our sexual freedom, but I don't think it is actually, I think it's handcuffing us and I think it's making things way worse. And I can probably get a lot of haters for saying this, but I don't really care. Yeah. (laughs) We have to find other ways to be responsible for our sex lives because the birth control pill is destroying our health. It is ruining our gut health. It is our natural (laughs) patterns. And that is no question in my mind that all this overuse of that, uh, the medications and the hormone replacements and all it's, it's not helping. And when you take something from the outside, you know, what happens, it, your body dysregulates and stops making its own. So it's just, it's not the answer, even though I know it seems like it and it's common and the, yeah. the doctors don't know, unfortunately, a lot of them just, that's what they're taught. That's what the answer is. So it's not their fault, but their system is very limited. Yep. Their mindset and their viewpoints, they're very limited on how we help people. I mean, the all, I can't tell you how many women are on fluoxetine. They're on antidepressants for their menopause because their doctors have no idea what to do. And you're just depressed. Here you go. (laughs) Their doctors are telling them their labs are normal, but they feel like garbage. Right. And they're giving them this answer. Even women doctors are saying this to my female practice members. Just got to deal with it. I can't deal with, I have the same issues. This is what they're telling them. Like, I'm the same. Sorry, there's no answer. Yeah. And it's so frustrating for them because they know something's wrong. They're being told to ignore their instincts and what they know inside your body, what you know the answer. You might not be able to fully tap in, but your body is messaging you, right? It's talking constantly to you. And we're taught to ignore it and shut it down. Yeah, you know, you said so many like incredible points because um, birth control is this catch twenty two, like you say, it gives us sexual freedom, but quotations like <laughs> how many women have no libido when they're on yeah. birth control because it just like just plummets your testosterone and testosterone right, right. Is thing that takes so long to recover post. Yeah. And the other point with the practitioners, this is something that I've been like really passionate about talking to my audience is. If you're not aligned with the values of your practitioner or your practitioner does not have the things that you want to have, you need to find another practitioner. And for whatever reason, we're putting doctors on the pedestal and being like, well, my doctor said this. It's like, does your doctor, is your doctor fit? Do they have glowing skin or are they breaking out? They're overweight. They have bags under their eyes and they're they're taking medication. And you're like, so is that what you want? Because that's what they're like, that's essentially what they're capable of doing. Right. Versus, Hey, I'm going to listen to everything Dr. Nicole says, because her skin is glowing. She looks 10 years younger than what she, you know, I know you're fit. I've seen you exercise. No Botox, no Botox. No Botox. Exactly. No (laughs) Botox, like glowing skin. And and it's, so it's so hard to tell now in our world, because it seems like everybody's kind of fake if they're, if they do look good, like yes. we don't have good examples, right? I've That's- always had juicy lips and I've never gotten <laughs> Botox. And I always joke around because I see pictures of myself in my twenties and I had the lines that I have now Yeah, because I used to sit in the sun, like for hours. Right. And I had lines since I'm 20. Like I see my pictures from back then. I'm like, yeah. they're no different. They're literally exactly the same as in my 20s. So I ruined it back then, but it's okay. Yeah, It's happy, it happy expression lines, I'll call them. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, we're really uh, misdirected. And, you know, you said, you don't know why we put them on a pedestal. Well, I know why. <laughs> because that's how they've been positioned in our society. And it's been, you know, in the recent years, it's been used and very strategically to have that type of authority. 
Um, sure. But now, unfortunately, a lot of people have lost that trust in the last few years too, and they're realizing they're it's not as it's not as glorified as we as we once thought. And um, people really have woken up in, in a significant way, and they're really seeking out a different avenue. They're kind of tired of being pill pushed, um, and and it doesn't mean we don't need it sometimes, right? Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes you do need something. Sometimes there is life or death. I had my whole entire shoulder reconstructed. Like I needed a surgeon for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Don't come to me for that. <laughs> I had a patient who had like dental surgery and she's like, should I take the antibiotics? I'm like, yes, take the antibiotics. Like we, because now there is this, like, I don't want to ever take antibiotics. And it's like, no, you still need them in certain situations, right? Or your surgery or whatever. It's just, we've, it, like you said, the, the trust has been broken because after going to the doctor for the seventh time, the 10th time, yeah. it, all they have is just like, well, here's now another prescription yeah. and another prescription. Yeah. And some of the prescriptions are causing the issues that you're having. And so then you get another prescription to help balance it. Like it's a hot mess, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, tell me, why do you th- like, why the breaking point at menopause? Like, if they've had issues all along, why at menopause, it becomes this unbearable thing? Yeah, there are, there are three reasons. This is super simple. The first, well, let's go back to puberty. We, everybody remember that, right? <laughs> years, by the way, it wasn't fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Years. And it takes years. And basically what's happening is the brain and the ovaries, the brain is making the ovaries come to life. They're connecting to the ovaries and the ovaries come to life and they start making progesterone, estrogen, and, and testosterone. Yep. So then we have reproductive years. And then at the end of the reproductive years, when the eggs are like used up, basically the brain and the ovaries are like, okay, okay, brain, we're, we're done now. Like we're good. Brain goes offline and that takes years. So in that time, a few things are happening, right? Number one, this is the biggest thing. Your job of making your hormones is now being given to your adrenal glands. So it's not that people don't make hormones anymore. You still are supposed to have enough hormones to feel like a human being, to not be dried up and miserable and, you know, uh, putting on pounds and having no brain and skin dried up and no sex drive. Like there should be enough to feel like you're alive. Yep. (laughs) Not enough to have babies. That's all. And so thinking about the majority of women in since the seventies, eighties, right. When the workforce started getting all the women, yep, women didn't stop their other job, which was raising their kids, taking care of the home and all that stuff, being the mom taxi. And now they're working full-time somewhere else. Most of us, right. But the other responsibilities are often still on us. It doesn't mean your partner doesn't help with certain things, but you're the mom, like society expects it, you expect it. And so burning the candle at both ends, running around like a crazy person. I used to say I can get more done in a day than anybody. That was like literally a saying I had. And you were like really proud of that, right? (laughs) I was proud of that. I thought I was badass for that. No, I was destroying my adrenals is what I was doing. And um, that's what happens. And so, and okay, so we got to take care of all these people. Many women end up having to take care of their parents. Um, You're trying to run your household and looking good at the same time. you know what's going to hit the fan eventually. And so when this job starts getting handed over, this baton gets passed to the adrenals, the adrenals cannot handle it. So that's the first problem because they're not going to take on three new jobs successfully. Just like if your coworker quit, you're going to suck at both those jobs if you have to do theirs and yours. So the second thing that happens when we're in perimenopause, especially there's a lot of fluctuations because the brain one month says, okay, ovaries, we're friends. Next month, we're not friends. And you just don't know. That's why the period gets erratic. And there's a lot of hormone like fluctuations as there's disconnecting, just like in puberty, as they're connecting, there's all these fluctuations. And so when that starts happening after the 50 years that most of us have lived around that, all the toxins that you have been accumulating in your entire life they're now dumping into different parts of the body because there's different fluctuations and things. So 
the body gets really overburdened. Usually the liver's already not at its best after 50 years of dealing with all your toxins. And women, of course, we have more than yep. men. We have our creams and our perfumes and our makeup and our stuff. I mean, we just, we have like hundreds more chemicals a day than, than any man. Yep. For the most part, anyways. <laughs> yeah. And so the toxins dis disrupt at a cellular level. So now we can't make as much possibly, but then on the cellular level, you have these hormone receptors, right? And the hormone has to get connected with that receptor, like a lock and key, and then come into the cell to tell the cell what to do. It's the communication part of the communication of the cell. Now the hormones can't be used because the cell membranes damaged from toxins and inflammation and oxidative stress and all that stuff. So now we can't even use our hormones properly. So I, this, for example, is why sometimes someone will say my labs look good, but I don't feel good because your body can't use the hormones that are showing up. That's floating around in your blood. Mm -hmm. They're floating around, but they're not going in. They're not going in. Yeah. So your blood looks okay, but you feel garbagey. Mm -hmm. The third thing is, and you know, I know we're not in the same area of the world, but here in America, uh, insulin resistance is a big problem, right? It's huge here as well. We're just lower population. And so it looks like it's not that bad, but when you look at the numbers, it's the same. It's, it's like same. Two, 10 okay. times our population. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Canadians like, try to hide and I'm like, no, 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 we're not better. Yeah. It's like 80% or something now. I mean, the kids have it. Our kids have it. Yeah. Um, my own sister, they, her son had like a fatty liver already. And so they, That's you know, crazy. they thank God they, they stopped what they were doing and he's better, but he's like 15 years old with a fatty yeah. liver, right? So this is a huge problem because insulin is one of those things that beats up the cell membrane when we're eating too many times a day, we're eating too many sugars and there's all this inflammation. So those are like, just to give an overview of why then all of a sudden this shift is starting to happen and the body is like, what the hell? And so your diet and exercise alone, stop work. It, don't, it doesn't work anymore. Um, and that's what I hear this all, all day long, all the time. It's funny. All I was day. just going to ask you about that. I was like, how many people, cause you know, to me, like I'll have people that I'm working with who are just want to optimize their hormones so they can get pregnant in three to five years. But their yeah. big thing is weight loss resistance. I've done the diet. I've done the exercise. It's not responding. And therefore that's just the way that I am. And I'm really trying to break that, you know, belief, if you will, for people, yeah. because it's just like, it's. The diet and the exercise has to stay anyways. It doesn't matter. You have to do right, that. Right. You have to do to take care of yourself as a human being. But if it's not working, if the input is not matching the output, yeah. what's going on? Right? right. And you talk about that because I know that you deal with the insulin resistance a lot. Yeah. Well, we're also in the most toxic world we've ever been in. And so yeah. people need to learn how to clean up and how to stay clean. Um it doesn't matter what you eat or how much you exercise if you're loaded up with toxins. And, and you're talking about detoxification. Function. Yeah. Your clean. body can't function properly. You're not going to have health, period. That's the end of that, right? Um, one of the other ways and how we work with, and I call, I talk a lot about my five pillars. Actually, in my book, uh, it has my five pillars in it. Um, but I love teaching people about fasting. Um, people get weirded out and scared by that word, but it, it's not as bad. And it's become more normalized to hear that word, I know, which is nice. But, um, you know, fasting is such an amazing way to reset on so many levels, so many levels, just resting the body, freeing up energy for healing. That one piece alone is is massive, uh, yeah. but it does make a big difference with insulin and mm -hmm. your body's ability to start using insulin again. That's huge for that. Um, we can reset your microbiome, your gut flora. You can shift your immune system. You can upregulate your hormones again. I mean, so much can happen. So I really love guiding people into longer fasts, like five-day water fasting. Yes. And some people even go longer than that. But I, the five days is really the great they get you get such a great benefit all the research shows that that's enough actually yeah um, to really maximize the benefits of it and so that's just one of the things that i enjoy because people never think they are going to be able to do it and everybody ends up doing it yeah i love it because i took your course i think it was like a year ago a year and a yeah. half and 
So let's talk about fasting because I think there's a lot of questions around it in yeah. my world, in the infertility world, because intermittent fasting is good. Intermittent fasting is bad, but we're talking about doing something for a shorter period of time, like the five-day water fast and the preparation that's involved in that versus like, I'm just going to stop eating food tomorrow right. and see what happens. Uh, there's obviously a lot more science behind that. So I'd love to kind of hear how you take people through. And then maybe we can answer some questions around the intermittent fasting. Cause I get those a lot. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot the because with infertility, of course, everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. So I'm being very general today, but everyone has their own kind of unique situations, your own stresses and things that yep. make this sometimes not be the best idea for you. Absolutely. You're not ever going to do this when you're pregnant, right? It's just yes. not, yeah, I mean, that's just not, we need to have our progesterone nice and strong. We need healthy carbs. We need usually to- women are hungry, like every two hours when you're pregnant. So it's not anything. Yeah. And it's not usually a big deal, right? but of course, look how many people get gestational diabetes. So we want to be smart about it. We don't want to be eating every two hours, right? We still yes. want to be smart about it and provide our body what it needs to grow a healthy baby and keep ourselves healthy. Um, but fasting doesn't need to be completely, uh, thrown away, but it doesn't really need to be part of being pregnant, but it's really helpful in, um, infertility situations. However, there are different times of the month that this is better. You're not going to be doing longer fasts in your ovulation window. So like when your hormones are the highest is the worst time for you to be fasting for longer periods. Um, and the week before your period, no, we're not going to do that. As a matter of fact, even doing like keto style eating where you're low carb is not a good idea the week before your period or when you're ovulating. So we have to really learn there's different phases of the cycle where certain things are better during this portion of the cycle. Certain things are better during this portion because the hormones are different at different parts of the cycle. And we want to really encourage the proper hormone boost, you know, like the levels during that part of the cycle to optimize your, your cycle. So it's really, and that takes really unique. being aware of your cycle, right? And so yes, if you birth control you and that conversation yes. has not been happening between you and the body, yeah. you're going to feel very out of control. Yeah. In, it's in very important after birth control to find the balance first. I mean, of course, some people will just get pregnant, like really fast, right? I mean, but a lot of us, I think probably the more than not now people aren't because there's just so much stress, so many toxins. I had a, a woman, she was referred to us and um, they've been trying for a bit. She's in her early thirties. Of course, she was on the pill at one point and um, they tried IUI mm -hmm. and they didn't want to do it anymore. So they decided they were referred, like I said, and, um, but she, she wasn't sleeping, had horrible digestion, like literally bloated all of the time, terrible bloating and constipation. And I, I, I just said to her, how are you going to house a baby in this body? You know, you have to think about, it's not just about getting the baby. It's about having a healthy baby and you being healthy to take care of that baby. As you know, I call for, it the baby room. Decades. Your baby room is yeah, right, the uterus. Decades. Like how yeah. are you going to grow? <laughs> yeah. And, and you think about babies, right? What do they need? If they're sleeping and they're pooping, they're happy. That's all. They need to be sleeping. They need to be pooping, right? Basic human functions. And she wasn't doing either of those things. Yep, so her sure. body was in such a stressful state. It didn't matter what she did. It was going to be really hard because during high, high stress, down goes progesterone, down goes testosterone. So it's like sex drive goes down, ability to even keep a baby. If you do get pregnant, goes down. And um, so it, we just... We're like, we, you know, we gotta, this is where we gotta work now. And, sure. you know, it's not a treatment for infertility. It's getting your body to its optimal. So you have what you call a ba better baby room. <laughs> yep, that's it. I love that. That's adorable. <laughs> the uterus, yeah. I got that from a, like a Chinese, a traditional Chinese medical doctor. She's like, the baby room has to be ready. You have to have good lining in the uterus. You have to have yeah. good blood flow. That's the, and people automatically are like, 
I do have a baby room that I'm thinking about organizing. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I put that to get blue. Baby does not <laughs> care about that room at all. You are the first room that the baby will grow in. Yes. And that's, yes. you know, that big aha moment. But, yeah. you know, my, my approach in my program is the same. It's like, hey, of course, let me guess that woman was uh, diagnosed with unexplained infertility. Sorry, you can't. And it's just like, what are you talking about? You can't yeah. digest anything. You're not sleeping. Your hair is falling out. You have acne every, yeah. that's the explanation. <laughs> like, yeah, right. what, what other explanation do you need? Yeah. You know, you're looking I for know. like a big thing. Like yeah. your uterus is broken. And it's like, it's not broken. No. <laughs> Don't your worry. body is not your uterus, right? Your body yeah, yeah, yeah. is not where it needs to be right now. So, mm. so yeah, so that's, yeah. You that, know, so let, tell me more about the five day water fast. Cause I okay. know people are just like, what are you talking about? Like yes, five days yes. just drinking water. How do you prepare one uh, for such an event? And I'm going to assume it's not for people who are trying to conceive. Now, this is like, whoever's listening, you're like, oh, I'm trying to conceive. Should I do this? My approach is very much like, you shouldn't be trying to conceive for more than three to five months. What you should be doing is healing and then conceiving right. when you're ready. Because trying to conceive is like taking that test over and over again and failing and not looking at what section of the test am I failing by how yeah. much and all that jazz. So I very much implement things like this when we are healing not yeah. when we're trying to conceive, because when we're trying to conceive, then you're eating all the foods exactly. that you're supposed to, right? Like you're doing yeah. the seed cycling. You're and, doing and doing a five-day water fast is an intentional stress on the body. So a stress on the body is a stress, which I just mentioned is not really the best strategy for having right. babies, right? So this is more in, as you said, in the healing. So the, the purpose of the whole class and the program that I teach is to guide you and prepare you to lead you so your body is ready to go without food for five days. It's just like you wouldn't run a marathon without training. Yes. You don't want to do this without training either. Not that you can't do it, but you'll be miserable doing it. And yeah. like when I do water fast, you, I'm exactly the same as you see me now. You would not even know that I was water fasting because I still have so much energy. I feel great most of the time. Now, my first few fasts, I didn't prepare that great. I wasn't like I am now. Um, I didn't do so many. I've done so many of them now that my body just gets back into that state so easily because I've, I've trained it. And yeah. it's just like when you do have a baby, right? The first baby, you're probably having like 20 hours of labor or more, but the second it's usually cut in half. Cause your body's like, Oh, I remember this. I could do yeah, this. Yeah, again, that's right. right. This is boom. Yeah, your body <laughs> learns. So yeah. that's what we do in the class is week by week. You get little assignments on this week we're going to do, and they're all dietary. And we, you also learn how to get yourself fat adapted so that when we take all the glucose away, which is food, <laughs> and all the stores of glucose are gone in your body, glycogen, that your body goes, oh, well, I, I can just go over here and nibble on this and get a pinch of that. And it just knows to go to the fat right away. And some people, if they're not prepared, this can take three days for yeah. the brain to get the energy it needs to function because it yeah. doesn't know it needs the fat. And it's used to from our diet and our lifestyle to burning glucose for energy only. That's yep. the broken fat burning mechanism that is part of insulin resistance. So we got to teach the body to burn fat for energy so that when we take away food, that within a quick amount of time, like within 24 hours, maybe less, we already are triggering like, okay, I can use fat, send that, send, break this down, send it up to the brain so that the, we can function and be normal and, and feel actually amazing, energized, being without food, the fifth day is the easiest. If you could get through the three days, you could get through five. It's yep, most sure. of us, when we do it, we don't even want to eat at that time. We're like, we probably could go longer. Like you've accomplished yeah. so much. You're like, I probably could go longer, but then as soon as you eat, you're like, okay. And breaking your fast, by the way, is just as important the way you do that as the fast that you just did because we want to maximize what you did. So I always tell people it's more like a seven day kind of a, kind of a, um, Event. action plan. Yeah. yeah. So 
we do the water fast for five and then we work on breaking the fast for the other two days. And then you just go back to your healthy, normal way. We don't go binging on things and so on, yeah. but um, yeah, that's what it Getting is. Getting more metabolic flexibility. Like that's what came yes. in. Like you want to be able to have that carbohydrates versus like the people who are like, as soon as I eat this, I gain 10 pounds, right? Like I yeah. look at bed and I gain weight or whatever I do, I can't lose weight. Yeah. Um, the, I, I do this with my clients and I wonder if you do as well. When I do the detox, any detoxification, like I very much say, Hey, like this is going to be something that you're going to take away something from this. So whether it's from the training or from whatever, versus as soon as I'm done, I just go back to my lifestyle. To me, right. that's a sign that the person isn't ready yeah. to do something because they're just, they just are waiting to jump off the train. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, of course, all of us as practitioners, like our, our goal is transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Transformation. Yep. Here's who I am when I come to you. How am I leaving you? And that's how we always look at our practice members. And I always train my coaches and um, the doctor on my team. The goal is health independence and independence from us. And if they're not there in the amount of time we're working with them, they can't go yet. Yep. They can't go yet because they're going to go back to the old ways and just, you know, not everyone gets it in three or six or nine months. Some people have been destroying their health for their whole entire lives sure. and they have to totally repattern and learn a new way or their environment at home isn't supportive, right? If you have a spouse that isn't doing anything different, yep. you got to really get solid in your stance, I'll call it. I'll call it your stance. But ultimately, it's about putting yourself first. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what anyone in your life is doing. It's about you choosing you and yep. wanting longevity and quality of life um, and to be able to be engaged in the world in the best way possible. Yep. So um, anyway. I do, how do you deal with the, the spouses not? Because I mean, for me, it's the spouses part. Like I just work with couples. It's not even really an option, mm -hmm. but- I found when I was not just focusing on fertility, it it's hard for women who are doing, like it just creates tension within the couple. And a lot of the times I'm like, I don't know if this is going to last. Do you know what I mean? And I've never, yeah, I haven't seen people through, I guess, for long enough to see if it does last. But mm -hmm. speaking to like what you spoke to from being stuck in a, you know, in a, an abusive relationship, it's like at what some point sure it's not abuse, but at what point you're just like, I don't know if this is a match anymore. And then how long is that? How much is that actually preventing you from healing? Because you don't have this supportive network. We, we ask our, even though we're not fertility practitioners, right? Everyone I meet with their spouse needs to be at yeah. their initial consultation um, so that we can help them get on board. And um, it doesn't mean they're going to they're going to change necessarily, but they're at least going to understand what their, their sweetheart needs to do to change mm -hmm. and getting their agreement through this conversation. It does make a big difference for our practice members. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to provide the support. We don't expect the spouse to support, but at least knowing they're there. And I get to see sometimes the dynamic and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not good. You know, we've had situations where, we couldn't move forward with somebody because their spouse was sabotaging in the consultation. And it wasn't going to be a good situation because the person, it was, an, it was definitely an abusive situation. And of sure. course, that's exactly who I want to see. But the, the, the female in that relationship wasn't ready to mm. manage that and deal with that yet. Yep. And, um, like he just wouldn't let her, you know. Yeah, he wouldn't let her. Like that must and hit he, really he hold for you. Held the purse strings like them. that sometimes happens where they hold the purse strings, or mm -hmm. it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. And um, you know, I there's only so much I can I can do. I do my best and try to be loving and supportive and give resources and things. But um, someone really has to be ready to. Mm -hmm. want really want something different no matter what right in that situation yeah, yeah, yeah but it's it's most of the time as long as we can get somebody you know the the spouse understanding 
yeah. um, what is happening so that that way she feels understood because usually the, the male part of the relationship, and we have gay couples too, we have to get them to understand too, by the way, but totally, the male yes. part of the relationship, at least they're more understanding of each other when it's two females. Mm-hmm. When it's a male and a female though, he's like, just get up and work out like me, just eat like I eat, right? I mean, it's like- <laughs> And lose 10 pounds without doing anything. And he will just do that. And he will get snack. those kinds yeah, of yeah. results. Yeah, but we don't, we don't. Completely different. And yes. um, it's, there's a, sometimes there's resentment for that. Sometimes there's like yes. some issues. So I really like having the spouse there so that they can have some compassion for their love, their loving wife, and they can be there at a, at a different level. Cause sometimes people fight me on that. They don't want them there. Why do I have to bring him? He's busy. He's working. He's this, this is your health transformation. (laughs) This is your health. If an oncologist said you get him there, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even say that to, to them. This is how we're going to avoid all that is by meeting with me. So it's just as important. So as you know, you can't help one without the other in a lot of ways. Like even that one woman I talked about, I had to get him doing something too. I wouldn't have accepted her if he, because I don't want a woman ever to feel like it's just her. It's not. Yep. It's not. Yeah, it's it takes both. two. Yeah. It's both. It has to be both doing the work. Even when the women feel like, well, I'm the one who has endo. I'm the one who has fibroids. And it's like, Listen, when you get pregnant, there's a huge shift that has to happen for the male. And if the male is not included, he doesn't even know what to do. And there's a huge disconnect I find with yeah. couples because women are like, it will bring us closer together. It won't if you're not doing it. It will push you further apart. Like I right. see that just as much as the other side. And I talk about the dark side of pregnancy because my first pregnancy wasn't glorious. It wasn't glorious. You know, it wasn't all these things that people talked about. And I didn't fall in love with my baby the moment I saw her. It was just like, what? I thought this was just a given. What happened? You know, it's like, I loved and care for her, but it wasn't these things that people talked about. And I think that there's a lot of delusion with couples as well, where if he's distant now, he'll love, he'll be caring once I'm pregnant. And it's like, "Mm, you need support. And maybe some of your issues are because you feel disconnected. And right? that's and true. I was just thinking the trauma. same thing. Maybe you're having because fibroids and all that. It's all estrogen dominance, right? So what lowers progesterone? Stress. So if you're in a stressful relationship, yeah, that could be the reason you're not getting pregnant, actually. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, the, the hormones are all friends, right? Cortisol affects these. And uh, I mean, insulin affects estrogen it turns it into testosterone cortisol lowers testosterone and progesterone like they're all connected yes yeah, yeah so um anyway well i hope this has been helpful it's super helpful what i'd love to know is who like who do you recommend doing a five-day water fast like what i know you will say everybody but like <laughs> at what point do people are like this is something i should try and i think that it will be really powerful for me Yeah, I really feel like when you're ready to um, just take a new new step, it's really empowering to release Mm -hmm. yourself from food for five days. Mm -hmm. You go through some stuff. You learn who you are. There's challenges, right? It's like what what it takes to do something like that and disconnect from food and not eat, even when sometimes you're hungry, right? And just Mm -hmm. to have that conviction that you're going to do this but it's also, I, one of the things I love about it is I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. I don't go to the gym for five days. I don't need to wash my sweaty gym clothes, pack my stuff up to take with me every day. You know, I mean, a, lot it's of work. a, a little vacation for me. I actually find it kind of a relief in some ways yeah. in my life. And I also use that time to tune in mm-hmm. and have some introspect to myself, doing more meditation, more self-care um, you know, really loving on myself for those days. And I plan it, it's on my schedule and it, because it's on my schedule, just like anything else, it happens. happens. Um, so, but I, I really feel like, of course, if there's someone, if you're pregnant, no, if you're underweight, mm -mm. if you have eating disorders, 
uh, that could be problematic. So that's going to be an individual with like thing. a lot of guidance. I would never do that uh, without a, a coach helping you. Um, yep. It doesn't mean you can't, but you need to also have your counselor on board. And there has to be a little bit of a team if you do have those kinds of issues. Um, mm. But the, for the most part, those are going to be the, the main reasons. There might be some other issues, you know, if somebody's mm. like on dialysis or something, but um, there, of course, it's, it does a reset in lots of ways, but those are mm. really the, the times that we say, no, this isn't the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it is the time, like if it's weight loss resistance, like oh, menopause, yeah. do you recommend even through menopause? Yeah. Absolutely. And there's different versions of it. Once you do that, then you can dabble in three day fast and a 24 hour. And we teach all kinds of variations of that too. Mm -hmm. um, because doing the same things over and over also not good. So it's really cool to stress mm -hmm. your body in different ways, trick your body in different ways. Um, it helps your body change and grow and, and become better. And again, the metabolic flexibility that you get doing all these variety of fasts. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. You know, I mean, how I many have you done? Carry, you said you've done a lot. Oh, of many. I don't even know. <laughs> Not countable because when I first started doing them, I made a commitment. It was in, uh, 2018 and I did it in, and I didn't, and I did a partial fast. I didn't even do a full water fast. It was mostly fasting. I ate like 500 calories of fat a day and that was it. Sure. Um, and so my, I had from this reconstructive shoulder was a year prior and I was still having so much pain every mm -hmm. night at the end of the day. It didn't matter if I even just was on my mouse, right? Uh, it didn't matter what I did. It throbbed every night. And when I did that fast five days, I never had that pain again. And so that was it. I was sold. So I said every month for the rest of the year, I'm going to do a five day water fast. And I did it. And I did it. So after that, I was like, okay, because I did like nine of them or something or eight, I don't know, six of them. It was a lot. And so then I was like, okay, it's a lot. every month I need a, a break. It was a lot, but it was fine. I mean, I got really good at them, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I also, that's when I wrote my whole program. That's when I really worked on all that. And I started designing, how can I give this to other people? And yeah. then I started teaching it. The first one I did was right when the lockdowns happened. So it was perfect timing. Everyone was into it. Um, because Wilkamoy had nothing better to do anyway. And everyone was just sitting around eating. So they're like, oh yes, I want yeah, give me something. Great. So I don't keep doing this. Yeah. So then I probably yeah. do like two a year, I would say, um, sometimes I'll do uh, uh, one more or something, but I'll usually do two a year. And then I play with other things. Like I'll do a bone broth fast. It won't be water. Yep. Um, you know, so do probably you feel it in your system now when your body needs one, do you get that message? Not, not specifically. Hmm. I was like, how do you I know, know it's time? Specifically, I just, it's when I feel like it's been a while mm -hmm. and I'm busy, 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 and I want that five day pause. That's mm -hmm. when I would say the signal comes in for me to just, all right, I need a little bit of a, like, I just give myself almost like a reset. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, I chill out. Uh, like we did one in January. So, oh, they'll definitely be coming in the next probably month or so. I mean, like every six months, it's almost, it's just part of my routine anyway. Yep. So um, that's kind of more what it is now. It's just on my calendar. Like, yep. okay, got to do this now. Got to do that. Liver flush here, fast there. Like it's all the things, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. We got to schedule like, in our health sometimes. Do you? Uh, no, you have to. Otherwise it doesn't happen. Do you find that you learn something? Like, do you go deeper every time in terms of even just like the, the mental and emotional connection with yourself? It depends. They're always different. Every fast yep. is different. Every fast is different. Uh, the last one, when I did in January, it was the beginning of the year, but I always do a lot of stuff at the end and the beginning of the year. And I'd already sifted through a lot. And I was just like a powerhouse. <laughs> I was a powerhouse. This, it was like, I think probably the easiest fast I ever did. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been on like carnivore for four months. So I was like, oh, that's why you know, yeah. I, was, I hadn't had like a carb in four months or something. So it was just so easy. And I was just so strong. I had so much energy. I didn't have any downtime. I, th <clears throat> I think the second day I might've taken like a 20 minute nap. That was it. 
everything Amazing. else. Like I had so much energy. I was, I didn't do a lot. I was doing, I was doing self-care still. Like I was doing the the coffee enemas and my castor oil packs. And I was doing sure, that. Totally. That's just but like part of the regular like schedule. My though. normal <laughs> stuff though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they really help a lot when you're doing that fast. Cause you're, you are detoxing and on some levels. Oh yeah. And so, but that's another part of the training is like, how do I do that safely? If you're not detoxing normally and releasing stuff into your system and you got to bind it, get it out. And so, you know, again, that's some of the things that are getting, they get taught during the course, Uh, but it's, it's not to be feared. It's a really, uh, you get this sense of such accomplishment when you do it. And like I said, you do, you do get a, a whole training so that you feel confident that you know what's coming, you know what to expect. You know, even when we do, we have our Facebook group, so people need each other, they're there for each other. And um, it's just, it's just awesome. So try it out. Yeah, where the, so when is this program available? Where can they find, you know, well, cause we're going to throw the links yes, at the bottom it's of the launching. Podcast. It's going to be launching um, in, I would say the beginning of July it's going to be launching. So that's our expectation. Yep. Coming very soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's almost wrapped up. So I'm very excited. It might be a little sooner, but so just to be sure it'll be out by then. Absolutely. Which is great. The podcast podcast lives so for a while. And so you can always, yeah. And it's called the fast lane, just so you know, the fast. I love that. The fast lane. That's very good. It's good. It's good marketing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where else can people find you? Any other resources that you want to share with people? Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rothman, same, um, for, um, Facebook, TikTok, you can find me everywhere. And, um, I also have my book, which is my blueprint in my book, all laid out nice and tidy for you. It's on Amazon awaken wellness, taking back the power to control your own health. And, um, love it. That's how you can find me. Amazing. Dr. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. You're so wise. I just love connecting with you, how you speak. And uh, if anybody is looking, I mean, starting with a book is going to be great. And then as soon as the program is available, you are the the fasting queen in my world. (laughs) I learned from you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So I hope that people take advantage. Definitely get on my social so you know when it comes out. And um, my my website, drnicole.com is a great way. If you need to connect with me directly, you can do it there. Okay. Yep. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, yeah, Doc. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Great to see you.